0: Be filled with the Spirit as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, singing and making melody to the Lord in your hearts, giving thanks to God the Father at all times and for everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Would you please pray with me? In the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. The priest sat in the deepest part of the ship while a storm raged on the sea. He tried his best to remain steady as the ship rocked back and forth with every gust of wind and every wave that was crashing against the side of the hull. Supplies and cargo were rolling in every single direction and panic was really starting to grab hold of everybody on board. There was a nearby mother clutching her newborn child in her arms, and she begged the priest to baptize her baby for fear that they would not survive the storm. Everywhere the priest looked, he saw nothing but terror and fear. And then, strangely enough, he heard singing from a group of Moravians, from German Christians, And yet, at the same time, the main mast split in two pieces, and the sound of that tiny little choir reverberated and resonated deeply in the wooden hull of the ship. Two days later, when the sun finally returned in the sky, the priest found the group of singers and asked why they were not more afraid during a storm. And they said, We're not afraid to die, we're prepared. Because we know that God will never ever let us go. Afterward, the priest was so moved by the experience that he wrote down in his journal, This was the most glorious day I have ever seen in my life. It was 1736, and that priest's name was John Wesley. Music had always been a part of Wesley's life, but something in him changed that day. And today, the people called Methodists are those who know what it means to sing our faith in large part because of what took place on that ship. So long ago, Wesley discovered a blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Now, music, music is a truly remarkable thing. Music can make us laugh. It can make us cry. It can bring forth emotions we didn't even know that we had access to. If someone puts on the Vince Guaraldi Trio, I am immediately transported to Christmas time is here. Happy and I think of Charlie Brown and Christmas trees and decking the halls, all the stuff that makes it the most wonderful time of the year. But if someone starts spinning some super tramp or queen or fleet with mac or little feet, my family and I will turn over tables and destroy chairs so there's enough space for a dance floor because we want to have a good time. Even Karl Barth, the 20th century Swiss theologian, at the end of his career, when asked by a student, Professor Barth, what, what have you learned about God after all these years studying the Bible? You know what Barth said? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. you said It's powerful stuff. And Paul tells us today at the end of Ephesians that being filled with the Spirit necessarily results in the making of melody. Many, many years ago, I was leading a mission trip to New Orleans after the wake of everything that happened in Katrina. We did modest home repair, and we worked with children. But one of the things we did while we were down there was spend time every afternoon in a nursing home, in particular in the memory care unit. Because after everything that happened in New Orleans, the infrastructure fell apart and it was the people who needed help the most that weren't getting any help at all. So I was called in with with a group of youth and we were told that we would be given the very important task of observing but also uh, putting together a round of bingo for the afternoon. And let me tell you, it was pretty horrific. In the memory care unit, playing a game of bingo, these people could have cared less about what we were trying to do. Most of them were staring off Into the distance, a few of them were taking their bingo cards and waving themselves, but largely they didn't care at all that we were there. Until I found a forgotten and a worn-out hymnal on the shelf in the corner of the room. So I pulled all the youth close, and we started singing all the great hymns without even really needing to look at the hymnal in the first place. Now by the time we made it through, And I'll cling to the old rugged cross, Every eye in the room was on us. And when we rounded the second verse of amazing grace, some of the residents actually started singing with us. And when we landed the last note of great is thy faithfulness, more than a few people were bawling their eyes out including the orderlies and the assistants, who later told us it was the first time they had heard any of the people actually speak in all the years they had been there. It's music. And the science is there about neural pathways and how our brains actually physically change when we listen to and when we perform music. Music, it's transcendent. It gives us access to things we didn't even know we had access to. But this isn't anything new. Again and again and again in the strange new world of the Bible, we discover that music, it rests at the heart of what it means to be connected with God. Moses and the Hebrew people, they sing songs of praise after they are delivered to the promised land. David plays the lyre in order to Paul and the anxieties of King Saul. Paul and Silas, they are in the middle of singing when an earthquake sets them free from captivity. Music, it is a gateway to unanticipated blessings. Paul writes near the conclusion of the letter to the church in Ephesus about being careful about how they live and about the need to make the most with the time they've been given. Now this isn't just a call to seize the day, but it's a recognition gift of life and all the many things we have to be grateful for. When the Moravians were singing on the boat with John Wesley they weren't being fools they weren't living in denial of the truth they found themselves in they were not naive, instead they were faithful they held true to a promise made to them that in Christ nothing in life, not even a storm upon the sea can ever separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus Now, it is all too easy at times to take Paul's letter and turn them into just some sort of exhortative exercise. Someone like me telling people like you, get your acts together. Start behaving yourselves. You're Christians, after all. And that's all good and fine if you want to listen to someone like me yell at you. But that's not what Paul is doing. Paul doesn't tell the Ephesians to do this and that and the other in order to be Christians. He Instead, he tells them they do these things because they are Christians. And that's a very important distinction. Paul urges them them to make the most of their time, put away foolishness, to sing with one another, not to become Christians, but because they already are. All this stuff we do, singing and praying, serving, it isn't to get somewhere with God, to earn God's favor. We do these things because in Christ, God's already got us. Living like this is just what happens when grace grabs hold and refuses to let go. We can't help ourselves but make a melody to the Lord. So that's what we're going to do. The very first music was percussive drums. We can look back across history and we can see examples of percussive music almost further back than anything else we can find drums were used to do a lot of things in part they were used to tell stories people learned that certain rhythms reminded them of characters from the story they had heard or a reminder to connect across time to ancestors a whole bunch of different things then percussion started to be used as a tool of communication you could make a louder sound with a drum than you could with your own voice and you could communicate across these vast differences not only of space but of time Well then they realized that if you push tightly on the drum, it made different tones, it made different what we call notes. Like a C. Or like an E. Or like a G. Or like another C. We're in sync, Deborah and I, if you don't know. (laughs) A melody. A melody is a string of notes that sound pleasing to the ear. Now Whoever gets to define pleasing that becomes a little tricky. (laughs) Because some notes sound kind of nice. So like if Deborah plays again C and E and G. But can you give me the minor at the end? Now if you like jazz you think, yeah. (laughs) But if you don't like jazz you say, ah! Because you want it to go from the minor to the major. Satisfying That that tone, it it kind of fills the space. It's it's pleasing to our ears. Now, we can do all sorts of studies, the science of when you hear a tone, that you can see the sound waves. And there are certain notes that when you play them together, they don't quite match up the way that you want. It makes our bodies uncomfortable. You might even feel yourself cringe a little bit because you think that's not, something's not right. But when you get a major chord, can you do C major again? Ah. It's just, mm, you know, just, yeah, that's good. I like that. Minor again. Mm, Major. Mm. That's making a melody. It's about connecting different notes to make what we call harmony. Now, that's what we're going to try to do. We're going to try to sing the C major scale, chord. So the way this is going to work, hopefully is we're going to divide the congregation up into four parts. So we're going to say, from here to here, you all are going to be C. The bass So that's going to be your note, okay? Just hold on to that for a second. Now, you all are going to be the third. You're going to be E. Mm, e, good note. Now back here, oh, and upstairs too. If you're in that section, that's your note. And then here, we're going to do the fifth. G, G you all get the fun octave, the higher C. So, I think we have some bells scattered throughout to help us hold on to the note. So if I point at your section, I want you to try to sing or hum your note. Now, you're Methodists. Sing lustily and with good courage, okay? So can we do C? C. Keep holding that. Take a breath. Don't pass out. Okay. E. E. Right, quiet, keep going, keep going, quiet. Louder. And stop. Dang, you're right, they're good. They know <laughs> how to do it. This, this is the beautiful thing about, about the way music works. I mean, it's a metaphor, and you can stretch the metaphor as much as you want. But one of the things about music, when we sing music, now some of you, I'm sure you don't count yourself a singer, you don't want to ever have to sing in front of the congregation. That's why we let you stay in the pews when you sing, that whole thing. But the joy of singing together is if you hear a note, if you're not at the right note, our bodies, our voices, we will naturally match the note we're supposed to find. So we were able to just sing a harmonic chord together. Even though some of our voices, I'm not going to pick any of you, but I saw some of you, I heard some of you, you were not where you were supposed to be, but that's okay. The Lord makes good things out of mistakes, okay? We can make something beautiful when we do it together. There is no such thing as a solitary Christian. That's bogus baloney. The only way we can be Christian is in community. It's why, thinking about O Come, O Come, Emmanuel at the beginning of the service, it's why people have been singing that song for 1,200 years. Because we sing it as a community together. You can get funky, you can get jazzy, you can get a little weird, you can get that one person who always plays that weird note. I get it, that's cool, I'm into jazz, I love it. But when we can sing in a, in a four part harmony, doing that whole wide open chord, you start to see that our differences really don't make us different at all. God has made us into C's, C's, C, E, G, C. You can only make a harmony if you're different otherwise you're just one note and let me tell you one note boring <laughs> we've been doing this sermon series on ephesians since I got here and now we're at the end i want to sort of tell you my favorite part about ephesians is that paul paul didn't start the church in ephesus he was a stranger to them when he shows up in the book of Acts. In other words, they didn't pick Paul to be their pastor. Does that sound familiar to anyone at all? (laughs) And yet, this is still wildly wonderful good news. Because as I just said, God really does delight in gathering together people who have nothing in common except for the fact that Jesus calls them his friends. Paul reminds us again and again and again and again, that our differences, it's because of our differences that we can make harmony together. That God really is in the business of making something of nothing. In many ways, God is the great conductor of an orchestra in which we're all given different instruments to play, and God keeps us in rhythm to make a beautiful noise. And it's when we begin to see and hear how we can make music together, it starts to actually change and reshape everything about our lives because strangers are no longer strangers. Instead, they're our sisters. Others are no longer others. Instead, they are our brothers. We who are far off have been brought near by the life, death, and the resurrection of Jesus. We who have no business of being close to God at all are incorporated into Christ's body to be Christ's body for the world. And it's because of all this work That we really can give thanks to God the Father at all times for everything in the name of Jesus Christ. I mean, gratitude, like music, actually changes things. Now, I know none of you would ever do this, but people unlike you can go about your day complaining about particular individuals in your life and just trying to drive you crazy. We can lament the fact that we now all have to mow our lawns again because it rained last night. We can grumble about having to help our kids their homework or with gratitude we can reframe it such that we get to be connected with the strange and wondrous and confounding human beings that God has put in our life we get to spend time outside communing with creation we get to sit down with our children and watch their minds change before our very eyes music, and gratitude. They, they're not distractions from the harsh truth of life. Instead, they give us the means by which we can experience life to the fullest. That we will never ever forget that God is with us. In the end, Paul is right. It is possible, and not just possible, it's necessary that we should always and for everything give thanks. God is Delights in transforming dark nights into bright mornings and choppy seas into calm oceans. God can even take a ragtag group of people called church and make a melody. So I offer this to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. One God now and forever.